welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast with your host, Samuel. I can win, it can win. For this episode, I want to get straight into it. Um, I just feel like there's so much content and value to share in this episode, so it just makes sense to get straight into it. And we're in keeping with our short series on my 10 key takeaways from the 10x Business Bootcamp that I spent with Grant Cardone. And what I wanted to do is share with you guys the third of the 10 takeaways that I actually took. And you know, this one was expressed by Grant in a simple sense. And he he said to the audience, he said to the group of us, he said, know that you're always selling. Know that you are always selling. Now, for me, this principle was one of the principles that I was really appreciative to hear because as Grant spoke about the principle and broke it down and shared his concept, his theories, his ideas around the principle, it very quickly uh, made it obvious to me that again, this was one of those principles that for the last 10, 11 years, I've, I, I've, I had actually been operating in, I had actually been kind of conscious of. Now, the way I had it in my mind was not know that you're always selling. But it was effectively, every moment is an investment moment or every moment is is an important moment. So value your time in in another simple sense. Now, for me, I guess my earliest recollection of engaging with this principle and living out this principle was roughly around the year 2006, possibly uh, around the year 2007. And at the time I was working part-time for the Carphone Warehouse whilst also um, studying. Uh, one of my undergraduate degrees or yeah I believe it was my undergraduate degree and a particular transition occurred whilst I was working at the Carphone Warehouse which kind of really opened up my mind to understanding how important it was to value every moment as an investment moment or every moment as a selling moment if you want to use uh, Grant's terminology but for the sake of you know the context of our um, podcast episode I'll keep it in keeping with the investment side for obviously the impact investing viewers. Now, very simply, whilst I worked at the Carphone Warehouse, I was a uh, I was a sales agent, a sales consultant, and then after being a sales consultant for some time, even though I only worked part time, I kind of graduated up into becoming a sales trainer um, and one of the people that would basically um, lead the team. So effectively, I was a team leader. Now, I wasn't a branch manager because I didn't work full-time, but I, I was given certain tasks to head sub-teams and to improve the sales um, you know, returns, the sales um, objectives of certain members of staff. A lot of the time, new members of staff and sometimes people that had been with the organisation for a little while. Now, at the time, um, Charles Dunstan, you know, again, a number of his training, that, a number of the training that he, he had um, organised to be provided through means of Carphone Warehouse, I thought was phenomenal. And one of the things I really do appreciate looking back at my time in Carphone Warehouse is that it wasn't, you know, although you get the odd salesperson who does this whole sell whatever they want, whatever's going to make them the most commission. On the whole, the training I received whilst at Carphone Warehouse was not around basically selling whatever I wanted. It was very much tailored to what I later on, probably around 2009, learned to be solution selling. Now, the benefit of solution selling is you're not effectively selling someone products because you have those products. You're actually selling people products based on their needs and based on what 
is actually going to solve a, solve and be a solution for them, solve a problem and be a solution for them. So that was something I, I now look back and think you know quite highly of, and, and I'm quite grateful to have been able to have engaged at that level, um, even though I never knew it was called solution selling at that stage, um, but to have been able to, to learn certain levels of, of solution selling um, through means of working at the Carphone Warehouse. Now, the reason I bring up the Carphone Warehouse and my time there, um, roughly in 2007, 2008, is simply because there was one particular change that took place um, whilst I was at the Carphone Warehouse, which was one of the real big um, eye-openers for me in terms of helping me to understand about every moment being an investment moment, or as Grant declares, every moment being a selling moment. And effectively, you know, as a sales consultant, we were, we were paid commission, and we were paid commission based on our rate of sales, based on what we sold, based on how well we sold, etc., etc. And I was fairly good, you know, in terms of my team, if I, if I compare myself with my team, I was fairly good at selling. And as a direct result, this was part of the reason why I was asked to be a team leader, etc., etc. Now, being very good at selling and then becoming a team leader creates its own dilemma. And the dilemma that I faced at that stage was the simple fact that I had to spend some of my time working with other people which meant that only a fraction of my time and not my entire time was now dedicated to selling and you know some of you are probably thinking it already but yes that had initially an impact on the returns i was generating that had initially an impact on the commissions i was bringing in on a month-to-month -month basis and that created an environment for me to start thinking about things and start saying to myself samuel you know <laughs> do you want to be a team leader or Samuel you know how can you ensure that you don't dip in terms of your commission checks but at the same time you're also adding this value to the other people in the community or the other the other staff members that you're working with and these were real questions I was asking myself in 2007 2008 all around this part-time job that I had and the part-time deal and how I could make it work and make it work for me so lo and behold that was already its own challenge and, and you know kind of like you know the epiphany came i know what to do what i'll do is i'll learn how to become even more um intense when it comes to my sales i'll learn how to do things faster i'll learn how to do things quicker now one thing to really just premise all of this is especially because of the context of the actual podcast you know we're talking about investing on this podcast and specifically we're talking about being an investor who can make an impact and the reason why I want to really premise those points at this juncture is because I wanted to make it really clear that the JOB I was working for the Carphone Warehouse you know in 2007-2008 was not a traditional type of investment in terms of the kinds of investments we talk about on this podcast. Now I'm only bringing it up just to make it very, very clear because you may have someone who's going to listen to this episode and who hasn't listened to any of the other episodes and may not be aware that, you know, I, I do not classify a job as a, a real investment. Now, what I was doing is I was investing in a fashion of sweat equity. And because I was trading my time for money in terms of the fashion of having a job, you know, there would be no way that I'd be able to generate resources or revenue outside of the trade of the sweat equity or outside of the trade of my time for that revenue or for that money. 
So this, these are all very important ideals to, to kind of grapple with, especially if you're someone new to the world of investing, thinking about getting into investments. I want you to bear that in mind that there's a whole notion that if you work and trade your time for money, you can't do that unless you are available and, and, and present to give your time. So the job notion is not what we're talking about when we talk about having a, an impact through means of your investment. But nonetheless, I was engaging in sweat equity in that job at the Carphone Warehouse and through means of engaging in sweat equity um, and then being torn in the, in the uh, elements of being able or being asked or requested and required to train people whilst at the same time selling, I started to notice a dip in my commissions and from noticing this dip in my commissions, I then had to answer the question, how do I manage this? And the, the whole first thought process was, you know what, just intensify, you know, become better at sales. And, you know, I had a number of these different answers, which were kind of like my light bulb moment. So as a result, I said, you know what, my plan to basically make sure that I don't reduce in how much uh, commissions I'm making in my sales job is to basically become better at sales. And, you know, I'm sure you might have identified that there's kind of like a catch with that. Because the better you, can't, you become in sales, in a sales environment, the more you may be required or requested to support other people who are less skilled in sales. And this basically came right around the, the, the perfect time for the perfect storm when something new was introduced into Carphone Warehouse. So up until this time, if you worked at the Carphone Warehouse, you would receive commission solely based on your ability to sell. So if you had sold 10 handsets on a contract in that day, you may be privy to a particular amount of commission for yourself for that day. However, the Carphone Warehouse introduced roughly around 2008, 2007, 2008, maybe even 2009, but they, I think it was around 2007, 2008, but they introduced group pooled commission. And, you know, <laughs> As a baby, you know, throw the toys out of the pram. This, this was the time for me, you know. Now, there was a number of reasons why I wanted to kind of transition out of the car from warehouse in roughly 2008. Um, primarily because I felt like I had outgrown the role that I had. And because I wasn't working full time, it didn't seem uh, viable for me to kind of take up any other role um, in the organization. But nonetheless, you know, I had a desire to move on. And then they introduced the group pooled commission now to explain what the group pooled commission is in a very simple sense all it was was a process where every one of the sales agents whether team leader etc etc would do their standard activity of selling and then at the end of the month you know the average of sales would be taken from the group and people would be remunerated the commission will be presented based on the average um, sales and how closely that actually was or how closely that met the actual target for that store or for that team. Now, you know, I'm a team player. I, I, I'm, I'm all for team sport, team, team objectives, team building. You know, I'm one of those people that say, you know, you, you, I don't believe in the concept of self-made uh, millionaire, etc. You know, I, I just don't believe it's true. Right? You know, if, if your parents didn't engage in certain activity and, and, and bring you into this world, you know, you wouldn't have been made to be self-made. So for me, I'm not a, 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 a supporter of the whole self-made notion. I'm a supporter of the fact that there's a, a level of interdependence 
which every human being must engage in in order to achieve their goals. Now, do I believe that there are leaders? Yes, I do believe there are leaders out there and I do believe leaders take their helm and a lot of the time they run the show and that's fine. But nonetheless, you know, there's usually a team or, you know, other people in support or behind the person. Now, the reason I bring all of that up is because of my experience in Carbon Warehouse when they introduced the group called Commission. And it wasn't really a positive experience in the sense that I started to find month after month after month that my commission checks were actually getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I questioned this, you know, why am I getting paid less? You know, aren't I doing as good a job as I used to do? Aren't I even doing a better job in some instances and some cases? And I was very, very concerned that it didn't make sense to me to make less money when the system was basically pulled on the back of more people. And then I started to realize what was actually going on. You know, the challenge I was actually facing was the simple fact that the majority of the other people in the group were not as good at sales as me. And that created for me another dilemma. Now, it didn't mean that there was no one in the group as good at, at sales as me. There were other people um, as good and some people presumably better. But nonetheless, because of that dynamic of you know, those that were not as good outweighing those of us which were, were good, you know, it resulted in, in a decrease in our commission payments. So the dilemma I then faced in that regard was, do I spend more time passing my skills on to the less um, established sales agents and help them to get better at selling so I can generate more money? Or do I actually put more effort into selling myself? And this is where kind of in 2008, it kind of dawned upon me that I need to understand that every moment is an investment moment. I need to understand that every moment is a valuable moment. You know, there is not really much time for the mundane when you're attempting to make big moves. So what do I mean by that? If we go back to what Grant's ideology was and what Grant was saying, he was basically sharing that you need to know that you're always selling. Now, if you think about that concept, know you're always selling, that means you you've probably are always pitching something. You're probably always giving something off. Now, for me, I guess I put a spin on it, and for the last 10 years, I've been living this from a notion of, know you're always investing. So right now, as I record this particular podcast episode with the microphone, you know, the system set up, me sitting here, you know, I've got to appreciate that this is an investment. And this is the type of investment which, thankfully, will go out and engage with people that I may never meet, go out and engage with people that I may never see, I may never shake their hand. But the benefit is the fact that my diligence and discipline to choose to sit down, to get the equipment um, and to get set up and have this microphone in front of me and to actually record this episode is the commitment to invest because of the knowledge that I'm always investing. Now, likewise, I could choose to not record this episode. I could choose to do a hundred, a thousand, a million, a billion other things. And that's fine, just as you could choose to not be investing within yourself and listening to this episode. But nonetheless, we are always investing. So we need to work out what we're effectively investing in. And this again comes back to that dilemma I had, you know, do I pour my time into training these guys, making them better investors, or do I invest my time into actually doing the hardcore sales myself? 
And you as a listener may have been asking yourself similar questions like, do I go out there and, you know, use my money and start doing property projects myself or do I put my money with someone else who's doing the same kind of stuff but leverage their time so that I don't have to be putting all of the time in myself and etc etc and you know these are good questions to ask yourself because the moment you know that you're always investing that should be the equal moment that you realize that you need to invest in the right things now Roughly around that time in my Carphone Warehouse journey, I basically left the Carphone Warehouse and decided that I didn't want to be, you know, working in that employed environment, you know, anymore. And as a result, I moved on to do other things. I think I, I completed my first master's or went on to study my, my, my first master's or finish studying my first master's, etc., etc. But the point was, I, I made a shift based upon my understanding that I'm investing daily, I'm investing momentarily, second by second, I'm making investments. And the reality is people that really value their time are people that have this understanding that they're always investing. Whether it's investing in their health through means of eating right, whether it's investing financially in their, in their wealth through means of placing their funds in the right places or taking the right transactions or grabbing the right opportunities, whether it's investing in relationships or so on and so forth. And the key to all of this is just getting to that place, similar to as Grant shared, that you need to know that you're always selling or know that you're always investing. You know, when you wake up in the morning, I, I don't know what you did, what your morning routine is, if you, if you woke up this morning and started to do stuff straight away, or if you're the kind of person who woke up this morning and was rolling around in bed, but what you've got to bear in mind is whilst you roll around in bed, you are actually making an investment, an investment in your subconscious to believe that rolling around in your bed is cool for you. Now the reason I share this is because I'm the kind of person who learned quite early that rolling around in my bed is not cool for me. It's not going to produce the results that I want in life. It's not going to produce the, the, the answers that I want for the questions that I have. You know, if I want to feed 300 families in the next 10 years on a regular basis, I need to put some things into place today that will equip me effectively to be a person who can do that activity tomorrow and the only way that occurs is through means of adequate effective and wise investment and this is kind of like my my clarion call to you today as a listener of this episode of the podcast i want you to start to ask yourself like first and foremost the first question i'll ask you is did you know that you were always investing did you did, did you know that are you aware of that in the language of Grant Cardone, did you know that you're always selling? You know, do you know that? And then secondly, I want you to think about another question, which I'll, sh I'll share a, a little bit of my own insights on. But the second question I want you to think about is what do you think is going to be one of the biggest benefits for you the moment you do realise or what was the biggest benefit the moment you did realise that you're always investing or that you're always selling now for me you know as we we come to a close on this episode i will share with you one of the biggest benefits that i received you know years back 2008 2009 when i actually realized that i was always investing one of the biggest biggest benefits i achieved was starting to understand the transformation that occurs with the value you place on your time you know, it's easy for people 
to do things that waste their time or that even if I go further that even wastes your time it's easy for people to do that when they do not value their time but as people get a, a keener understanding and a better grasp of what their time is worth to them and what their time actually means to them and the fact that every moment of every day they are actually investing in a way of thinking a way of living a way of believing then automatically what should happen is benefits should start to kind of permeate their way into your life just because of that keen understanding you grasp that you're always investing now I like the way Grant shared it at the tennis business bootcamp know you're always selling okay and I like that concept because when you think about that it makes you realize you know what I am an active participant in this ecosystem things are not just gonna happen to me and if you listen to one of the previous episodes where we spoke about sell or be sold, you know, you've got to think about these things and realize to yourself that if you are in a, an environment where you're always selling or you're always investing or you're always doing something that's going to have some kind of bearing on your, your approach, your future, etc., your financial standing, your time, then it becomes very, very important to start to understand how to most effectively utilize your time and for me like I said you know one of the biggest benefits I got out of recognizing the fact that I'm always investing was actually in the reduction of wasted time it was actually in my ability to say you know what I'm not wasting my time on these things anymore I'm gonna focus my time on these investments these are the investments I actually want to actively be participating in and these are the investments that I'd rather cut off and no longer spend my time engaging in. This is Samuel Eichenwin, the host of the Impact Investing podcast. And I'd just like to say to you, if you've listened to this episode and found it of value to you, why not share it with your friends, family, and followers? And I'm sure that they will be able to find value too. I'm signing out for this episode it's been absolutely fantastic to share with you on this episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. And why not connect with us and let us know your most favorite part of this episode. I'm so glad to be a part of the Impact Investing Podcast and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Happy investing. Thank you.